me what I want to do. Amen. You know, when I go see my doctor, I don't put my uh, all my titles left out the door, all my egos left out the door, and she is the she's the assessor. She assesses me, and then she writes what she thinks I need my prescription, and she gives me things that I sometimes use and sometimes I don't use them. I'm guilty of both. I use it, and I don't. I got my opinion <laughs> about what she just said. And I, I sometimes don't use it, but later on I do use them. When the pain starts, I'll probably go back and use them, right? <laughs> but I do get prescription. But tonight, God want to bless somebody tonight. God want to bless somebody tonight. And me and person but me. <laughs> Hallelujah. But chapter 19 of the book of Luke, verse 13 and 23. Okay, verse 13 and 23. And he called his ten servants, they're slaves, I mean slaves, and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy it till I come. This, somebody said, was about $495, U.S. dollars, way back when. So by today's standard, probably about $4,000. Inflation and time of change. By the time they wrote this Bible, it says what it was worth. Not worth more today. And then verse 23. Read it together, please. <coughs> I want you to know it says, Occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. And then it says, I gave you some money. And I want it in the bank. This guy dig a hole. <laughs> a hole in the bank is two different things. If you put your money under your mattress, it won't gain no interest. It might be devalued. Or it might become obsolete. We were in England once, and we took some pounds there. And they told us at the train station, sorry, these currencies are obsolete. Now, we got those from the TD Bank. They told us it was obsolete, so they, they would not take it. It was outdated in England. It was still current in Canada. It's a shame. And we couldn't travel on the train without luggage to go to my sister's place. And I thought, what are we going to do? And some guy, were, some guy was behind me, you know, getting all frustrated with us being in the line. I said, look, man, I'll buy you a ticket if I have to get out of the line. <laughs> he offered to buy us a ticket to get out of the line. But the guy finally gave us a first-class seat on the train, and we were well taken care of, put up front, you know, a nice big posh thing, free of charge, but did not want our pounds. Didn't want it. No good. I'm so glad we can have a currency that's good. Functional. Usable. Lord, bless this service right now. I pray tonight in Jesus' name. Let me be seated. Now, I know when I'm finished... Some of you are going to have me up, but I'm not mine. The more you try to have me up, is the more weight you got to lift. So it's okay. I'm pretty heavy. So you're gonna, you need a lot of muscles to lift me up, okay? All right, so you might as well give up on the idea. <laughs> Why do you got a problem trying to lift me up? Have me up inside of you. But the Bible has a lot to say about money. 
Some I'll give some scriptures for, and some you're going to learn from your own reading. But one, God says, the love of money is the root of all evil. This is money is evil. It says, the love of money. And my wise wife told me the other day that the first time money was mentioned in the Bible, it said it failed. And that's true. The first time we read about the word money was when it said it failed where? In Egypt, in the days of Joseph, money failed. So you all lost your, your smile. Pentecostals always lose their worship and their glory when you mention money. They all got sanctimonious sober. I mean, it's like the cross at the cross. Here I see the cross. Don't see dollar signs. But don't worry about it, folks. I don't need a pen. I don't need nothing from you tonight. I want to give you something, I hope. But the Bible says uh, that money failed in Egypt. One place Jesus says that uh, make friends with mammon or money. In all time, Peter told a man that your money perish with you. Money is spoken of a lot in the Bible. There's no one kidding you. It's spoken of a lot. And then we're told by Jesus that this guy should have put his money to usury. He was stingy, he was lazy, he kept himself. And God says, no, no, you, you're messed up. And if you read the story, he did cast him into outer darkness. He did. He punished him. Now, you can judge the Lord if you want to. That's your problem. I'm going to judge God. But God says he, he judged him and threw him out. Amen. But I had a revelation. Not even hell wanted to receive him either. <laughs> hell didn't trust him down there either. Amen. But anyway, but he was thrown out. Now, we read also Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 19 that money answereth all things. That means everything you want under the sun, it takes money to do it. It takes money. So here we have options here. It's the root of all evil, love of it. Usury, put to usury, get increased on it. Or money fails. Or make friends with mammon, money. Or it says here, money answered all things. Or money perished. So money has many uh, going around. I think tonight, if you knew where money had been, it's in your pocket right now. If you knew the last person who had it, you'd throw it away and I'd pick it up. If you ever knew that, that terrible, rotten individual who had that money a while ago, you'd throw it away. If you knew where that money went, you would never use it. You wouldn't touch it. It was in the bar. It was in the sex trade hands. It was in the hands of the criminals. Even Al Capone handled it. Amen. Mafia had it one time. All the most unscrupulous person have it. The least place money has ever been is church. Money's been everywhere but church. It just never make it to church. But it's been everywhere else. The bars and taverns, you know, restaurants, but it just doesn't go to church. So if you don't go to church, you know what happened, don't you? You're in good company. Money. All right? But money answers all things. It's Occupy till they come. Now, God does have for this church and for you and me a, a wish. Why God wish it? Why does let it happen? Third John 2, go there, please. It says, I wish above all things that you prosper. I wish, God says, I wish, through His Word, that you prosper. 
and be in good health, even as thy soul prosper. Now, if you live in the States, money and health go hand in glove. They're wrangling over it right now. Even when you're unconscious, they're bringing an invoice to sign. <laughs> if you can't sign it, put an X on it. It's the truth. You go to hospital, the first thing you want to know is, do you have insurance? If you don't have one, beat the door. Down the way out, and you'll die. No question about it. So in Canada, you may abuse the system, but over there you don't use the system. Over here you abuse it, over there you don't use it. Hello, you just, you just, you just get to it. They will not see you. You can pay it for a cotton swab. <laughs> it costs you money. All right? But I want to talk to you about a word called budgeting. 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 A saint that's not budgeting does not make a good steward in church. Now, I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you some things I've learned about God. Amen. And when saints aren't happy, they don't worship God. They complain on God. Read Psalm 78. They blame God for every problem they have in their lives. And he has nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing. Do you know God doesn't make debts? I believe that. God doesn't make debt. We make debts. When we pray, we pray like he made the debt. And if we're going to meet those death obligations who for us we suffer he does always does alright but we're living in a time of economic climate where we have values and needs and wants and goals right and we got to learn how to manage our finance so we all have financial obligation and responsibilities from the moment you came from the womb you are involved in the business of being fiscally responsible. You get sick, you're going to cost a lot of money to your mom and dad, health-wise. And some babies just strip their mom's account. There's some weird sicknesses. Some of you lose their life on top of that after spending all that money. But the biggest problem today is the uncertainty of dollar bills uncertainty of money. Then also the decrease in value of money. The rise in taxes. Increase in the cost of living. And we're all victim of inflation. I don't even think about inflation because I don't want my hair to grow any whiter. I don't like being blonde. I like to be ebony. Amen. <laughs> look better in my head, better contrast, all right? But we must plan for our spiritual security and our economical security. There's always before us uncertainty and also jeopardy. For example, if you, if you are smart enough, some of you are, most of you are, I believe, and believe in the value of savings, even your savings are jeopardized today your savings, your put-aways. It's unpredictable. What do you get for a return? Nothing is certain. If you had a retirement plan and you're in your 90s and you're 100 years old, I'm not sure they can pay you because the, the piggy bank is almost empty because of mismanagement of government or whatever 
where we're adding your funds. There's uncertainty. The traditional investment, people lost interest and favor in it. The world is going to bankrupt today. They are going to bankrupt. Their money is failing. But only money is failing. Health is failing. Faith is failing. Age is failing. Everything is failing. Marriage is failing. Family is failing. Only one thing never fails, and that's Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as you and I age, your life will experience dramatic changes. I mean, right now, you are going through changes. You may lose your teeth, your hair, hello, your, your memory. You're always losing something. <laughs> When was the last time you checked? We're aging. The longer we live, the more unemployable we become. We're living and facing radically altered life and needs. Always having to adjust to new realities. We all have to. And our household must cope with marginal supplies. Scarce supplies. And you know, the pie, which is our wage, never gets any bigger, but the demands on it always increases. And the size is getting thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner. Almost, we don't need toothpaste anymore. We've got nothing to eat. <laughs> Naturally clean teeth. Alright? And so, your problems come if we ever make financial mistakes. It's already marginal, and the least thing you want is a mistake in your finance. Some of us lack the experience, we're inexperienced with the business world. We get taken. Some people are, you know, in the American greed and North American greed. They, 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 they rob you and me all the time. If we if you let them, they will. Some folks, you can't shake their hands because when you remove your hand, there's nothing left. That's a stub. <laughs> That's how bad they are. Is that right? That's so There are limited finances that you have. And so the topic tonight is not about your credit, but the fact that budgeting, all right? And I define budget like this. It's a plan where you estimate your income sources. He said, Pastor, why do you preach all this? Because Jesus did. You just read a while ago. He gave the guys some talent, money, And so when I come back, I want some interest on it. Don't tell me your problem. Tell me your profit. That's what he said. So a budget is an estimated expenses and estimated income and the sources during a certain time period. Now, what about problems? Some people got budget problems. Some don't know what that word is. Some can't even spell it. Some just walk over and eat in a cookie and they're eating their budget. That's how bad some people are. But you know, The worst thing that have happened to you today is to become unemployed, or have no income, or you're underskilled. Hello? Or you're undereducated, and above all, being lazy. Being lazy. Another problem could be no spending rules that govern your life. Or just plain mismanaging money. You get a lot of it, but you, you lose it. Or some people just ignorant of the tools available to them. Help that balance that limited resource you're getting. But God does care 
about how you occupy till he comes. God does care. Now, I was not looking in your mailbox today, so I'm not responding to your mailbox. So whatever your mailbox says has nothing to do with me, okay? I wasn't talking to tell us or the, or the post office, so. okay? I wasn't taking your credit score. I'm not sure what a score is. I don't like all the credit score. You didn't score a puck. We scored hockey to make lots of money. If you guys score it, you're in trouble. It's the reverse. All right? But, you know, there are some illegal uh, sources of income and money, like laundering money or like theft, pilfering, you know, or they got those that uh, drugs and narcotics, and they sell those or the so-called sex trade, prostitution, red light city. People get money. They do get money. You know, they have a whole lot of it, too, but dirty money. All right? And uh, tax evasion and some rob gun. Right? But we are not in that category. Otherwise, you can't be saved. It's impossible. Such maybe worse some of us. But we've been sanctified and we have been purified by Jesus Christ. Now, we must get involved in careful money management. If God is going to continue to make us stewards of Him. Because you brought nothing in this world. But you have accumulated stuff like a rat bag. You have. We're all rat backers. You know, we, we start all kind of stuff. We can't be with you. But the way you handle them does impact your eternity. And so, you make tremendous, devastating financial mistakes. And it's devastating. It's something amazing. And most times we, we have unspoken requests. I know this church hasn't done this. I mean, you, you haven't done that. But my first and other group used to unspoken requests. I knew what that meant. They're in trouble. Unspoken, I can't tell you because I don't want you to hear what it is. But it's bad ordeal. They're, they're in a ditch or in a swamp. All right? Or they're struggling with limited resource or finances. And they must face the increased cost of living with a shrinking income result. Some don't even have any for example, in our city, people are singles. Some because they're divorced. Right? Some just never got married. And some are widowed. And each of those have impacting lives. And their needs are different. Some got kids that are living extended adolescence. They never leave home. They leave off their mom and dad. Their mom and dad who let that kid suck that breast even when they're 40 years old. You know, it, the breast is dry. There's nothing there. It's just a bunch of flesh, but they're still sucking on it. There's no milk coming out. There are people, figure speak, who does that. And that poor guy never left home. You know, he's, he's totally codependent. He's not independent. He can't live on his own or she can't. I think that the divorced people who are fighting on custody battle, matrimonial property, separation, and all that, and all these different issues that comes, and yet we got to manage all that in a world that's hostile towards the poor. Hello? And a government in a society where, where the income to the government is shrinking because government don't make money. They don't spend money. They spend money. They tax those who work and support those who don't. That's what they do. That's what the government's for. 
they take from the those who have, give to those who have not. Pay from those who are working to those who will not work. That's government for you. That's how they are. Okay? And so the other lesson God gave you and me is to look at the end. That end, that little critter you stepped on coming through the church today. You stepped on him, but God said you got a lot of lessons to teach us. You should observe it because he does make provision for coming disaster. He knows winter's coming and he can't grow any wool. He won't get any. I know he tries. So you've got to prepare in summer for coming winter. He had the Joseph knowledge. He was a very smart guy. And he got another guy. <laughs> you know, he's building. He, he just built, built, but never exactly what it was going to cost him to build. Like Fort McMurray. If you're, you get a sore leg, like the roads in McMurray, every day your doctor would pull the band-aid off. So sorry, I made a mistake, and you would never get healed. Because we're always digging back in the old sore. It would be nice if the doctor could just once and for all figure out what's wrong and do it once and for all. You know, I tell when I go for blood test and the nurse, you got two try, the third try, you strike out. You're not going to touch me. Move on. You're not going to poke me. I'm not up for the poking game. You don't practice on me. <laughs> when you go for my vein, you go right for it. Well, well you know, you, your skin doesn't reveal that's your problem. <laughs> you find it. <laughs> and you get the first time. And if you, the first time I look at you, you smile. All the time, I'm not smiling. I'm angry. <laughs> and go get somebody else. Amen. I told, I told them that. You got a few strikes of that. You're out. You ain't going to touch me no further. So don't practice on me. Because that hurts. Hello. Well, you know, can you imagine the cost of a run? Think of that road. Now, I'm not politicking. I'm going to tell you the truth. Now, if I was a planner, sorry, sister, city hall. If I was a planner, I'd fire all those guys. And I, I, I'd build 15 pillars around McMurray. 15 pillars. And say, guys, you want to you travel? Go up on the ramp and go around the city. Everybody, I have a real panoramic view while you drive around the city. And stop giving a bottle naked. Hello. Why can't you see that? There's no more land to put no more road on. Go up, please. Go up. Go up. Go, go up, city. Go up. I should run for mayor, shouldn't I? Pastor Mayor Neal. <laughs> but you, you know what I'm talking about here? There's no more land to put in more road. Hello? Go up. Does that make sense? Go up on pillars, right? And do overpass. And put a ring road around here. And we'll get out of here. But every day we're caught in the same cobweb and dig up here and dig up there. Now you put a road to nowhere, a bridge they go on that nobody's going to where, there at all. Just the bears. And then you, I'm going to pay for it in taxes later on. Could have going to overestimate my road, my house worth it. Well, it worth so much, get more money out of me. Right? It's the truth. But let's, here you go. 
They need a long range, short range, and intermediate goal. And since 1980, since I've been here to now, nothing changed. We have more potholes. We have more traffic jam, more bottlenecking. And I thought, can somebody see that we're growing? You know, if you're getting bigger in size, amen, you can't fit in the old suit you had on. Make room for the improvement. It makes sense to me. Hello? I got some suit I can't wear. I go in there. How do you think I'm going to query? Too tight. I got to jump into it. Preaches the past, I lost the vision. You lost the revelation. I couldn't preach to you. You've been watching me studying the Word of God. All right, now I'm going to share some stuff here tonight. <coughs> Nobody God wants to help you. I want to believe that. It's all right. No, I'm not criticizing government. I'm saying government really is smart, right? But you know, government don't. Government doesn't make profit. They spend people's profit. So it's easy to spend money. Right? They tell me, if you're a company, you're going to hire people. On the resume, they said, I used to work for the government. Don't hire them. They're not used to working at all. <laughs> all they have is constant coffee break from 8 to 4. It's true. Don't hire ex-country, you know, government workers, you know, used to work. He's not going to put out. He won't put out. He get paid regardless. Lord of mercy. I see them all quitting on me now. <laughs> it costs you nothing but it's just free advertisement. But folks, this is not it. Look down here. I was born, you were born. And one of the days the Lord will come when it hit the grave. Right? We didn't plan for this birth. We must plan for an exit. We have to plan for exit. Boys, can you see that? All right? Plan for your exit, guys. You're going to have one. Now, here's a timeline of life. You are responsible for the time you spend on earth. Jesus is occupied till I come. Right? And one servant, God called him, he was idle and slothful, right? He didn't starve and die from starvation. And this one, Jesus said, he's a prodigal. He wasted everything he had. What's missing there? No budget, no planning, no organizing of his life. Is that right? And here, another one here. This is unjust steward. He's on the job. They're going to fire him, and he knows it. It isn't wrong. So he made plan for when he gets fired. How many of you make plans to get the fire tomorrow? Financially. You act like it can't happen. Sorry. You're not eternally secure in that job. Anything could happen when you're out tomorrow. No notice at all. But this guy, Jesus says he was smart because he said, he was planning for in case to get fired. He was smart. This other person here, all right, this one here, he, he, planned, he planned a business, was successful at it, and he got lots of return on his investment. 
The Bible says, and he sat down and wanted, where am I going to do all this profit? And he probably was troubled. And he came with an idea, oh, I'll build bigger barns. And then I said, I'll lay back and take my ease. So the guy, the guy invested his money wisely. Being a prophet, makes sense. And that's plan for retirement on earth, but he forgot retirement off the earth. And God called him a fool. Some people are there. On the continuum, there's another guy. He lived for God the best he could. Yeah, I mean, he was so heavenly mighty, he was no earthly good. I mean, he was just doing God's work, da, da, da. But no profit for doubt here. And left his family without any estate planning. And left a big old bill behind. And the creditors came. Hello? In his absence in heaven and paradise, his family is in perdition now. You're dealing with a prospect of prison. Because he left an unpaid bill. He made no provision for life on earth. For retirement or estate planning, no will. So his wife is in trouble. There are people on earth like that. Many marriages are like that. They forgot, nice, when they die, the wife is bankrupt, left death behind, unpaid mortgage, unsecured mortgage, buy extra vehicles, and pay for it. The wife didn't pay for it, she's got no career, never did work in all her life. So the creditors come. But, you know, bad credit score is bad, but worse than that, they're going to dispossess everything she's got. And then you got another one here. This guy, he left treasures in heaven and also did a good business on earth. I'm thinking of Abraham. Abraham was a good businessman. When he died, he retired and was intent with Isaac. Jacob and his sons. He saw that. He retired. That's the part of his life he didn't hear anything about. He retired with them. And then he left for them after his death inheritance that they could inherit. And then he went beyond that and went to be with God. David did that too. David, good life, left behind stayed for his sons went to be the Lord now where are you guys on this continuum which one I'm sure you're one of those so help me God you're one of them which one are you and you young boys that's sitting right here where are you going to be where are you going to be later on in life you think life's going to be every day be a kid no you're wrong these kids have to budget their life because they'll pay for every time they miss school truancy cost them and they don't know it. It cost them equity of learning. And they think they got by it, but they haven't got by it. The consequences come later on in life. Not early, but later on. It's called delayed reaping. Now, folks, so I said, what is your life? It's a cycle. Well, what's happening to your birth? Well, normally it should be let this way. It should be you were born, you are educated, a good job and between job and retirement is how did you control that time how did you budget that time I don't know what you've done with it we're supposed to do something with it and then if you live to be retired how will you pay for retirement 
How much do you want to live on when you retire? Can you maintain the same standard of living when you retire as when you're working? What would be the cost of living? Do you have money to pay? Can you afford a house? Are we already own a house? Are you debt free at that age? One thing for sure, your pension cannot keep you. It's going to be your pension plus the nest egg that you save up to live on because government's not going to pay you a sufficient pension to even buy coffee. I lost you now. I knew you saved to me. Preach Acts 2 3. I just did. Live treasure in heaven. Pastor, you're meddling. You're right now because I know it's down. It's going to affect you. It's going to affect you someday. If not, now, later on. Hello. And so, I'm talking to you about between your work and your retirement age. How old are you? So, well, I don't want to tell. Don't worry. Nature will tell. I watch your hair if it's falling out, it's turning gray. I watch if you're stooping your back. I don't know what age group you're in. I'll figure it out. You don't tell me, because all this telltale sound will be there. You can't forget the camera where you put your keys in here, you know. Or where you left your dentures, right? You forgot it, but it's in the cup right there somewhere. <laughs> you can't find your own shoes. Put them on wrong. You laugh. Once a man, twice a child. You're going back there, honey. Now, I want to focus on, is this all right? Is this all right? I want to talk to you now, folks, about the book of life. The book of your life. You don't need a financial expert to talk to you. You need a pastor who's informed from the Word of God. This is the basic instruction before leaving this world. God wants you to prosper. God wants your soul and your body to prosper. But you have to follow His plan. You don't have to if you don't want to, but if you need to, you must. Now, I got some books that you should look at. I tell girls, don't even marry a guy without having, you know, having a, a black book, right? A pocket book. You know, which is a checkbook, right? And a song book. You don't marry that guy. If he didn't got one, tell him to take a walk. Well, it's good looking. Don't worry about it. Tell him to take care of that stuff. All that good looking look, one day it will look like a shriveled up tomato. I promise you, it must well disappear <laughs> in the field of softies. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It ain't going to last long. Ain't no sad part about these guys, these big old muscles. You ask them, sir, such beautiful muscles you've got. Ask them, girl, oh, girl, wow. And how do you use them? <laughs> how often are they useful? Never, ever useful. Just for looks. So after you look at yourself in the mirror, how much do you use those muscles? Well, I don't know. See? Gone. You can't bank that. Remember, the eagle is pretty smart. The eagle don't marry a guy who can't fly. <laughs> she tests him up, boy. She's spinning down. You, you, do you spin your guy? You spin him. If he can't take the spin, let him go on and fall and die. Drop dead. Because she's testing him if he gets a kid later on. Before you marry any guy, read the book about the eagle they made. It's a guy. Are you having the spirit of an eagle? 
Guys, make sure that girl can cook or they're going to starve at McDonald's. Most girls are good at burning water. That's all she can burn. Water. You want a girl to make his T-bone steak and not send to Mac. Go TV it. Well, we don't watch TV, right? That <laughs> ain't make it worse than you're starve now. <laughs> right? Look at this, folks. <coughs> Book of Life. Number one. The first thing I need to do is to have a book of life, which is the, the Bible, the treasure in heaven, my sal- called salvation equity. Right? It's mean I'm born again investment. My new birth investment. You need that. First and foremost. The next investment I need to make in my life, number two, is the book of learning. I need to treasure knowledge. I learn to earn. What I don't know, I pay for. I pay because I don't know. It's called learning equity. Learning what? Equity. The more I know, the more people pay me for what I know. And so, kids need to pay attention to this. Boys, you're watching me. What you learn at school now, friend, it will determine what kind of job you get later on, how much pay you get later on. Whether you sit in an office with a white shirt on or you push a broom with a blue collar. That's being determined right now, boys. That's cool. It is being determined. Some of those guys in your class are going to be doctors, some going to be lawyers, some prime ministers, some going to be big men, some thieves, some dope pushers. Yeah. Some will be crime stoppers and some will be crime makers. Little world. But true society. Hello? So it's the learning equity. Number three, we've sort of gone through these already, right? I'm not sure where you are in the <laughs> compendium, but you're somewhere on here, folks. Figure out where you are. Number three, the checkbook. Oh, my, the checkbook. At some point, you've got to leave, leave home and get your own, right? And so I call it the, the treasure cash equity that you acquire your treasures in the bank account financial equity your career return your career give you a return on your what you know what your skills are your skill and your knowledge give you a return called equity cash in your pocket you all don't get the same pay because you don't have the same skill the same knowledge you want what I have get the knowledge I got and so there's the financial equity. And then you got now next the retirement situation. And I know you all plan for retirement. I can see it on your face like you lay back. You see people lay back in church, they're retiring preachers. While I preach, they lay back and sleep on me. Call sleeping church. Well, that may be so, but in the real world, you can't sleep in the world. You better stay awake. And your retirement nest egg. I mean, you got an egg. We say, well, Pastor, I'm no chicken, I don't lay eggs. <laughs> I don't mean it exactly that way. It's, it's, a, it's a manner of speech. Your nest egg. Your old age. You know, after you get a certain age, they're going to get rid of your job site. You have a small window to make a lot of money before you get too old. When you get old, you're going to make less money. You're less needed. You're less able. And you don't spend all that money yourself on health anyway. If 
to them and enjoy it while you're living. Think about it. You're saving an investment. Do you have any? And so it's called old age equity. And the last equity is called the grandkid equity. You got daughters and sons who are going to have kids also. It would be nice when grandma and grandpa, when they're gone, they leave something behind for their kids, grandkids. Wouldn't that be nice? Boy, I lost you now. I can see. You said, who are those? <laughs> I see tapping on the shoulder. <laughs> Hello? But if you've got kids, you're going to have kids, and those kids are going to come back to you and want everything you've got. So I'm saying you as a church body of people need to have these provisions in your life. Again, salvation equity. You're learning for career equity. Right? A school education. Your treasure in the bank account. That's your financial equity from your career. And your retirement equity, you can go for a cruise. I don't mean to the seniors home. Or to that down skid row. It's a skid, but ain't no row for me. Hello? Praise God. And then the retirement, then next comes the grand kid equity. We have will and testament. It's a terrible thing if you die and you've got no money to even bury you. Can't pay for the coffin. And the person who's surviving has to worry about where to bury you. I have a good idea. Burn them. Cheaper that way. Put them in there. It's cheaper to burn them. Then buy a, a vault worth forty thousand dollars. You know how many trips that could make? <laughs> Several Caribbean cruise, Mediterranean cruise, burn the person. <laughs> When you pay the title offering, you have an accrued return 
on investment. So you don't pay tithe, God have no business answering your prayer. God only answers prayers to people who are satisfied customers. He says, I never knew you. Go and serve the law you served before. Crack, cocaine, bang. You can't help it. Right? But you serve God, He'll bless you. Now, sometimes God give you a little mercy and grace. Here's what you'll do. But God proved that you can show mercy and grace to some people, and they still don't change. But it's not a right name God. You have no rights to the tree of life without investing in it. The Bible says that. So graduation equity. I'm going to cause some problems now. I can see that right now. I'm going to say it. This is, this is Brother Neil's theory. From age 12 to 18, you know, from age, from age 0 to 11, you play the fool. We all do. But kids don't make the same broken rules we made. That's the day you lay the egg for tomorrow's action. Take care of it. Get all the scholarship you can because it's free. Once you go on past scholarship age, you pay every dime you leave in debt. Government stop subsidized education. You're going to pay cash or credit. But on a certain age, they pay for you. Once it's free, the smart kid take care of it and use it and keep going. You never, never pay a dime. Somebody got to tell their kids that. Most kids don't know that. You're not hurting the teacher. You're hurting yourself. Kids. All right. 12 to 18 is where you learn. 19 to 30 is when you earn. 31 to 50, that's when you prosper or you perish. Mm. And 51 to 60, that's when you wish, wish you weren't born. You wonder, why was I born? Who brought me here? Well, that's not the issue. You, you didn't take care of your situation. Anybody here ever stop one day and look at what the taxman said you paid in the T4 slip? And say, where have all the money gone? Long time ago. You know where it's gone? Up your nose or down your throat or on your back. Nothing in the bank. Hmm. You know, is this all right? So, how many of you plan to retire? You know, are you in a fifty bracket? You plan to retire? You're gonna work all your life? Doubt it. You may wish you can, but age won't let you. What does B O L E stand for? Mm-hmm. Learn it wrong. So, graduation equity is the time you spend. At a certain age, you budget the way you use your age, and you learn to earn, give you opportunities, people can look for you, and your education, you continue learning, so you can earn more money. You want to waste your time? Go ahead. Watch TV all you want to. Western comic strip, read True Love Story, stupid books. There's no True Love Story in the book. It's stupid books. There are. 
guys that make up those stories make you buy them off of them. They don't even know what love is, Brother, Brother, Brother Beaton. We've got to know what love is. They're making it up. Hello? Pretty quiet around here. All right. Number three, employment cure equity. Some people jump from job to job to job to job to job to job to job. I feel sorry for you because you got no job stability. Every time you do, you're losing money. You think you're gaining, you're also losing reputation. Right? And you know what? Age will catch up with you because at some point, no one's going to want you. You're in the full circuit. Hello? And so, your employment is what determines how much money is in your pocket, how much is in your wallet, how much is in the bank. Hello? And what kind of car you drive, what kind of house you live in, what quality food you eat, whether you live on coupon. Mm-hmm. Coupon mm. or synthetic food. Think about it. And then also, number four, your investment equity. If you eat everything and don't leave nothing crumbs for tomorrow, you got problems. Hello? So an investment equity is where you control your spending. You collect interest and you budget. You don't pay interest. You collect it. How many of you today are collecting interest? How many of you right now, tonight, TD just loves you? Please let us call your friend. Master. I is a master charge. You're the master. You're the slave. Masters. Charge master. Visa loves you. MasterCard loves you. Because they got you in servitude. Hello? They want you and me to pay them interest. They want us to spend. They, they taught you and me how to be discontent with what we have. You just bought the car, and a bird drop a drop it on your car. You want to change the car for that. Get a brand new car. One of the bird droplings. Go wash it off. And continue to drive it. Put the mud in your car. Oh, Pastor, my car should have been scratched. I'm going to credit one. Uh, I can tell you a story, folks. A lot of stories. All right, retirement equity. How do you plan for retirement? Honestly, really, right now. How many of you, if you were forced into retirement, you could retire? Be honest. Could you stay in the house you're in? Could you stay in the apartment you're in? You just took out of the car you're driving. How low will you stand living go? <laughs> well, you know what? Do you have an insurance against calamity? Do you have a nest egg to build on for future in case you live too long? Do you have estate planning? You may just live too long. How long is too long? Well, a smart person always lives long enough. So when they die, they break even with their cash. When they die, the right time they've got nothing left. It's all used up. If you left too much money behind, then obviously, you know, <laughs> some fool going to get it and <laughs> you didn't enjoy your money, right? But if you die in debt, my friend, you sure didn't live either. Now, so what's comfortable in life? you got to figure that out, what it is. See, I got here a boat when you retire, dollar bill while you're living, 
and you employment, you got tools, right? You're, you're educated. You're, you're born again. Are those true in your life? Well, I'll say, look, man, uh, you got to do estate planning. you got to do it. Do you do it? Yes, you should. He said, I'll wait till I come, right? I know guys who say, well, the Lord's coming, so I'm going to wait. Paul told one church, no, you do that, you deny the faith because you got a family to take care of. You got gifts to take care of. You got to pay taxes. Hello? So let God bless you. Let God prosper you. Let God show you how. Let God teach you how. Is this too much? Is this all right? I'm going to preach it anyhow. Okay? To Him, you're special and you're not a victim. You don't have to be a victim. Next thing God said is learn to budget your ways. Bud. Yet, I call it bowl. Budget, organize, live, enjoy life. Hello, hello. But budget could also mean borrow until death. Erase time. You borrow your tithe away. Because God always put the tithe at the bottom, right? That's where you put it, right? God says, no, put it up front. Hello. So, your wages to be budgeted. You spend all of them? No, you shouldn't. You should plan for retirement, plan for short-term survival, and long-term living. You should plan for that. God gave you common sense to do that. You should do it. You're not the grass of the field that God should provide for you without toil. <laughs> they don't toil, they don't spin, but they can't do it. But you can. Right? If the elephant don't find water, he's going to die from starvation. Is that right? Die from thirst. He has to go look for it. Is that true or not? He has to. Otherwise, he's going to stay there and die. But what it does exist, you've got to look for it. Now, so budget means God wants you to plan long-range planning, intermediate planning, and short-range planning. I'll show you before that's done. Long-range planning means you plan for your retirement. You buy insurance. And, you know, I don't travel to the States without insurance. Oh, my friend, I don't care what anybody says. Well, Pastor, it may cost you $700 for insurance because you're old. Yeah, you know, I can kick in a bill worth $5 million. Huh? Just one mishap. Hello? Well, I'm going to rent this car. Well, it cost me $300. I ain't going to pay that. I, well, da, da, da. You can end up in a car that's worth $15,000. God wants people to be smart. Okay, long way planning for retirement insurance. If I saw a show of hands, I want to make a show of hands. You plan for your retirement. Right? Budget. By the way, the older you get, the more it costs to plan for it. If these kids want to plan for retirement, they pay a lot of money into it. And some people criticize that. But the older they get, is the more equity built in it. It would. But when you get too old, you can't buy it. When my mom was 80, she wanted to travel. It was almost in, beyond my ability to pay for almost. Because they know the risk is high now. They know in five minutes she could drop dead. 
Okay, they don't want that risk. Hello? Hello? All right? Here, intermediate living. Budgeting for living, that means six months' wage. If you're fired right now, you last six months. If Murray plummet right now, <coughs> and the economy drop, the company go into reversals, could you last three months? <coughs> you last four months? Could you? You could if you plan it. But if you don't, I'm going to tell you something crazy about Pastor Neil. He bought a food thing that's supposed to last 25 years in storage. Astronauts use it. You pull the string and it releases. And all the things locked into it. You say, well, it would never happen to make Murray. We had a fire one time. We one time we couldn't get out and couldn't come in. You know what they did? There was a run on every grocery in town. Every shelf was empty. You're the last one to go there. What are you going to eat? Mm -hmm. You thought about it? No water? You know, our water here is measured and metered. How do I know that? It is metered. Everything I see is metered. If they turn the lights off to down home, could you still see? Do you have a flashlight? Do you have a party? For emotional relief. Time to die, just what I'm saying. Anyone think I'm making sense? Clap your hands. I think I'm making sense. I think I'm making sense. You got six months plan. Food to last how long? You should have food to last at least a, at least a month. You should. And it can't be all in the fridge either because the power could go out. There's something that just don't perish. And they're there for emergency. God's occupied like him, right? And also, you know what here? Short range planning. I've had people laugh at me in church. They laugh at me. I think they're dumb. I'm not dumb. They're dumb. Hello? Elijah had no food plan and what spared him with a smart old Syrophoenician woman who was smart enough to have something put away in a barrel. You have a barrel? Well, don't look at me like that, folks. I'm still Brother Neil. You got a barrel, somebody? Go buy one. Hello. All right. All right. Stores short range. Manage your way. Spending. Manage your credit. Manage your spending. Manage your saving. Because you're not going to borrow until debt ridden and erase your tithing paying ability. Because you need that for God to keep the devourer off you. That's your security guard. Hello? You can't pay the guard in town, but you can pay the guard in heaven. God protected Joseph, I mean, uh, Jacob, while he was at Laban's house, who robbed him wages. How many times? Ten times. Hello? All right. So, my wage, my wage must be distributed between. Fixed for my survival, my security, 
right? My fixed expenses. My wage must be this be used as a variable for discretionary spending, right? My wage must be also divided among this total. So I divide my wage that I earn every week, every month, into three stages. Fixed expenses is my survival. I need to survive. I must pay to live. But God knows what? Work, he shouldn't eat. God say you're not supposed to feed anybody who will not work. If you do, you're breaking the Ten Commandments. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. You have a son in bed sleeping too late? Well, go buy yourself a spout and pour water on him. Shoot him with a gun. Water gun. Get him up. Hello. Variable expenses are discretionable. What you live on. And your disposable. Your retirement, your saving, your, you know, your, your pleasure and all that stuff. So now, if you got in your, in your hand a dollar, it goes three ways. Ten dollars goes three ways. If you don't plan that, you plan to fail. And you can't grudge somebody who's doing that and surviving. It's not even how much you have. We proved it before in, in the research that people want money and lose it within a short time. Huh? People people got inheritance and lose it in a month. It's management. Right? The key word is budget. All right? Now, I know you think, you think Christ, you know, I missed the mark. No, I'm praying for you. So God didn't talk to you like this. And one thing about this church that we survive, where many churches don't, because churches don't use biblical principle, they're bringing these financial experts to talk to them. And I know you will not survive on financial experts. You need to know what Proverbs says. You need to know what Ecclesiastes says. You need to know what the gospel says, because Jesus laid the foundation. And when you build your house on biblical foundation, the storm will come. There's no question about it. The storm will come, but it will not fall. You build on shifting sand or a shifting economy, it's going to slide. So it's called skid roll. <laughs> and you skid low. Boy, you guys just said, man, what a smart pastor. Ooh, that guy's smart. I got to pat myself. Oh, he's smart. Ooh, look at you, you're smart. Ooh, wow. Anybody agree with me? One, two, three. Zachary, say yes. Anybody else? The rest of you, what are you from? You got a bunch of dropouts? <laughs> Come on, guys, drop in. Come on. All right? Now, the, the way Sister O'Donnell is looking at me, either she is squirming at me or she's agreeing with me. <laughs> okay. All right. Spending rules. Now, we can't tell you how to spend your money. I'm going to give you some suggestion here. Don't go sue me tomorrow. Say, well, I follow past your rule. I have been ruined. <laughs> no, no, I'll give you some ideas here. Remember now, folks. Smart people avail themselves of knowledgeable people and make decisions. And not to invest yourself into knowledgeable people is to plan to fail. Hello? But you don't have to be a victim. I'm trying to tell you, before you die, before Jesus comes, 
You can live a good, comfortable, prosperous, successful life. And you should. You can live stress-free. Yes. You can live debt-free. Yes. You can. You can find the joy of contentment, peace of mind. You can climb the ladder of success and still have Jesus. Having it pressed down, running down, shaking over. He promised you all that. Hello. There are house, or quite a few houses, floating down the river in Calgary. If you want to live on a boat, then you can do that too. A boathouse. I will never build a house on the riverside because the river will reclaim its house one day. I know that. Uh, I like to build it on the, on the hilltop. Uh, hello. I'm that uh, silly little pig who built a straw hut. <coughs> Blow it down. Hello. Look at this, folks. Your tithing should be based on the gross. And there's nothing gross about that. Tell the person beside you. Tithing is based on gross. God brought you here tonight to hear this because you're not doing it. Now, it, folks, you can rob me. Now, I might put you in jail, but you rob God, put you in hell. Now, I told my wife last night, tonight, on the Revelation, the devil says, some people, they're so bad, I don't want them in hell with me. Can you imagine that? The devil don't want you in hell with them. I'm pretty bad. And one time, the guy was preaching one time, and says, you know, the devil was outside the church sitting on the rock. And he's crying. I said, devil, what's wrong with you? He said, oh, there's some people in that church. Half of the thing they accused me of, I know nothing about it. Oh, the devil let me do it. He says, I know nothing about it. <laughs> they even crossed my mind. Hello. He's not that great. All right. Here's some ideas. For your food. 20%. And that's a lot of eating. <laughs> Up your weight, so go towards it. Your housing, 15%, so go towards it. Utilities, 6%. That's how you burn things, right? How many times you leave a tap running? Lights burn when there's nobody there. Hello! Playing a radio, not listening to. Oh, I'm losing you now. Hello? We waste energy. We do, do we? Oh, yeah. All right. Health care. I'll put a question mark there. I don't know what you're saying. Did I heard you? You can't eat carb. Next time you, you got to eat fat. Don't eat fat. It's Muslims. Da, da, da. Hey, what can you eat? Well, I said eat it all. Die happy. Or that I happy than starve. You know, my mom, she's going to die. I said, Mom, eat everything next to the world. Don't eat your own thing because you're going to eat if you can. I said, Mom, eat all and enjoy your favorite food. You know, in the gas chamber, I told you, order your favorite dish. We're about to hang you. <laughs> it's true. If you're going to die, might as well just go down happy. Go smiling. Well, I'm, I'm not going to eat them because I'm going to die tomorrow. No, friend. Eat all of it you can. Just enjoy it. 
gut with a grin. <laughs> Am I the only one? Lord, I can't say, Brother Peter, this don't work. You see that? All right. Transportation, 40%. Why does a couple need two cars? I don't know. Huh. Pretty interesting. I guess they're both going to the restaurant and they're going to meet together at the restaurant. They both drive to the restaurant. And they said, like, drag race, who can get there first? Hello? And they're both paying gas to go there, right? The rich don't do that. I wonder what the rich does. The rich don't even buy a car, they throw them a ride. <laughs> Hello, I'm not saying you should do that. But transportation, 40%. I don't know about you. I have a hard time paying big bucks for a car that tomorrow would be appreciated. Anything after 10 grand, boy, is too much. If it's a gift, I'll take it. If it's a gift, I'll take it. If it's a gift, I'll take it. Take your hands. <laughs> Nobody's responding. <laughs> First time. <laughs> All right. Recreation, 5%. <coughs> really, on this, some folks spend more on recreation and less on this. Well, if you're single, it makes sense. Recreation is higher than rest. Makes sense to me. But if you're not single, it's not so. Kids are an expensive account. They are. Kids are an expense account. They are an expense, and they think you weren't magic, and you convince them that you do, because when they want everything, you give it to them, right? But they should work for what they get, not get it free. I know nothing in life is free. It costs to be mama. It does. Nine months, the heavy cost. Ladies, you should demand repayment for the nine months you carry those kids. Oh, no Amy here. Where's Leticia? She's not here tonight? Leticia, you owe your mom nine months' wage. Hot stuff. She's going to give you a price tag tonight. Every kid should pay their mom for those nine months of inconvenience. All the problem that cost you. Amen. Boy, don't you hear Amy around here. The question is, are you going to pay your mom? <laughs> She's gone. So, Okay. <laughs> Why save? To insure against emergency. To insure you got comfortable retirement. To insure you got financial security. When you walk through the door, I don't want you to have a long face. You have a smiley face. Hello? Number two, the reason why you, you save money for your weight is that your kids may have a college education down the road. Hello? Don't say, well... I have it hard, so you should have it hard, too. That's not right. It's bad. Bad theology. All right? How about this rule for spending? Can I go on? Okay, rule for spending. How about for your wage? From, from your wage. You must have a The maximum you should save is six months' salary. Put aside, just in case. It's wrong for you. You have to plan that for you. You have to plan that, right? All right? Less than 20% of your debt. Right? Your debt that you take on should be less than 20% of your income. Not greater than. That's not zero. 
Hello? And then your life insurance premium should be 10% of your income. You're going to need one. If you have kids, if you got no kids, and you don't care about your, what to do with your body, you don't need life insurance. Just live and drop dead and hope, that, hope for the best. <laughs> Does it matter? No. Hello? And you know it's always best to pay cash than credit. That plastic card was designed to do something to you and me. All right? But when I had all this up here, I noticed 50% of my income for that month is spent on them. I got 50% yet to play with. When I said 20% for food, 15 for housing, 6 for utilities, 40 for transportation, and 5 for recreation, and the rest, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that money? Should we take tithing out of there, 10%? Which you should do up front. So I said, well, look past the deal. I only got net. You did not pray to God for net. You pray for gross. Well, why do I? Why should I pay my gross without my net? You know what? Your, your taxes, Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. And you've got to pay to drive on that road. Now, I've been countries where the roads are bad. I was in one road one time. If I stepped out in my suit on, I'd be in my up to in my knees in water. And I thank Canada for a good road. When there's no public washroom on the highway, then I thank God for a good washroom. The Bush ministry is not very good. <laughs> You're laughing, it's not funny. So part of Canada is still that way. Hello? The old paddle missionary not on the boat. It still works. God told Israel, well, let's get a paddle out. Go west side of the camp and do your stuff. Get them back. Amen. You thank God for street lights? It's beautiful to have street lights. It's safe. It's wonderful. Thank God for your country. Don't curse it. Thank God for your country. Let's thank Him right now. Let's thank God right now for your country. Thank God for your country. Should a pastor teach us the saints? Yes. It's not all about sin. You've got to live down here. God wants to preserve your body, your soul, and your spirit. You know how to preserve your body? Take care of your natural needs. Hello? Now, look at this, folks. Which way should I go? I prefer my life to go this way. Surplus, savings, debt free, find some the needs met, my duty paying tax, and go up this way. Right? Is that where you want to go? Or you want to come this way? Pay tithes first, duty, tax, find the needs are met, with my debts and wants, right? My savings and my surplus. Which way do you want to go? This way? You don't plan this, it won't happen. You know, everyone of my friends think my wife and I are rich, and we're not. And you guys want to know right now, you know if we're rich? No, we're not. But I learned some things from the Bible. I learned from men before my time what to do in life. And I'm so dumb enough to copy them. Because these things are from my learning and my admonition. It's God who teaches us to profit. 
what he says. It's God who gives the increase, not me. It's God who gives the discount. It's God who lets and gives favor with man and God. It's God who opened the door. Well, if you please God, all these things will be added unto you. That guy in Skid Row is somebody's kid. But somebody didn't teach him these things. A lack of knowledge, people are destroyed. All right? The principles of budgeting your funds. Let God store this for you, 10%, because you're going to need it later on. I repeat the devourer. Read in the book of Malachi 3, 8 to 10. The answer is there. Pay your taxes. Don't rob Caesar. Jesus paid taxes. Matthew 22, 17, 21. Pay your taxes. Don't lie about it. Just pay it. Get over with it. I'm going to get over it. Pay it. All right? Then meet your family needs. First Timothy 5, 8. If you don't meet their needs, you deny the faith. And then also, stay the debt. Psalm 37, 21. A debt and a credit is two different things. I credit something with an obligation. As long as I meet the obligation, it's not a debt, it's a credit. When I stop meeting the obligation, requirement, then I'm in debt. That means delinquent in payment. All right? And then, Proverbs 30, 25, you got to save some of that money. Don't spend it all. And then, you have a surplus left over so you can give to charity. In Corinthians 8.14. There are rich people who refuse to give their lazy son and daughter their riches. And they give it to philanthropies. They said, go late or whatever. Wait for them to die. They can get their money. And they will not give it to them. They give it to cats. Sometimes I wish I was a cat. I'm pretty rich. Do you know if you want to bury a cat, it's worth more than you ever make in a lifetime. To bury a cat in the United States, it could be $1.5 million dollars. Would that turn your backyard into a cemetery? Everybody can bury the cats in New York. Don't laugh. There's a lot of money in that business. I only knew that. I can see the cat lovers here don't feel funny. That's true. All right. Now, here's some non-budget principles here. And I hope you read the scripture for yourself. Overspending. Proverbs 6 and 11. Getting involved in risky investment. Get rich quick scheme. Proverbs 28, 22. God tells you not to do it. Because I don't do it. Cosign. Proverbs 11, 15. And then you got the stingy Joe. Proverbs 11, 24. They want everything and give nothing. Nabal was like that. Died from a heart attack. Hello. If God said don't do this thing, why are we doing it? Why are we doing it? It's, you're sitting as yourself. You're sitting as your future. You're sitting as your peace of mind. Hello? You feed a lazy person once, 
The second time you do it with grudge, and the last time you can take a walk. Don't feed him. Because he's lazy. God says he should not what? Eat. Why do you feed him? He doesn't want to work. Don't feed him. I want to say, church, being a pastor is not a career. No, I know in the religious world it's a career, but it's not to God. No, it's not a career. No. Some guy wanted for a career. Well, you end up with a false doctrine eventually because they merchandise of the gospel. Jesus preaches at career. They all did. They all worked. Fishermen, they were doctors. Huh? They were lawyers. Huh? Daniel worked for a living. They all did. God already prophesied that all of us are going to enjoy our sweat equity. From the sweat of your brow, you eat bread. All the preachers I know work, work at some point in their time of their life. Hard workers. And they, and they work and build churches. Churches didn't build them. They built churches. They worked. And I make them my model. Hello? And families who work hard, the kids grow up and follow them. Have you noticed some new people coming in Canada? Succeeding where you live, and you didn't see what they saw. What's going on here? And then it's easy to get jealous later on and get mad at them and says, "You're taking our job." No, they are walking in your opportunity. You ignored. Yes, they're stepping into situation that you walked over. Is that right or not? Yes. The slothful, Psalm, Proverbs 19:15. I was in one country. It, it is so it is so fertile. The ground is big enough for plantation, and the people are starving, and they wouldn't plant nothing. It's grow wild. Hello. You can have the same. Do you know there are opportunities that are available to you and me that outsiders come and grab and run with and you don't? Are you right here? What's that? Well, they're beating a path to come where you are because they say you don't want it. It's like Israel and the Gentiles. The Gentiles saw in Jesus what the Pharisees couldn't see. And we flocked Jesus. Is that right? We flocked him. We made him king of calling him names. They're rejecting him. They're silly. Now, folks, look at this here. Does anybody know who this is? Please don't tell me about their name. Please, I don't want to know their name. If you're not working, the only way I can take out quick money is to go get a MasterCard and get a line of credit. Build it up pretty quick. 
but be careful, your sins will find you out. Get a Visa card. Every time you, you, you use that card, you're using somebody's money. And you promise them, since I cannot wait till I can earn this money, I'm going to use your money to satisfy my greed and my impatience. And while you're waiting, I will give you back your money another topping on top of it for the time you waited. And then you have the nerve to cry about against them after you used my money. Come on, church. You cannot get mad at the lone shark. The lone shark is the man that said, you are a high risk and nobody's going to lend you. But I will take the risk and give it to you if you promise me a large return. And I know the chance you give back to me is one in ten. But I'm willing to take that chance. You can't go cry to Jesus about that. That's an obligation you run into, right? No. Look at this person right here. Uh-huh. Right here, folks. See this here? It's card. His head right here. Get on, on the screen really good. His head right here. I wonder whose hands are those. <laughs> These are hands that won't work. And feet that won't look for a job. <laughs> and money. And a mouth like you know, out of people's plate. I know. You know, I, I like these girls in Jamaica. They're pretty smart. I'm glad my wife is not like that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Don't marry Jamaicans. They're bad. It's not true. <laughs> But this guy, he won't work. And she's always feeding him. She got tired of feeding this lazy guy. Lazy. So one day, she set the table up real nice. And put the plate out and the candles and everything else. And uh, knife and fork. And he comes and says, honey, where's the food? He says, take the set, honey. Go, go help yourself. He said, there's nothing on the table. He said, that's what you provided. There's pie there. It's called air pie. <laughs> Cold soldiers. <laughs> Is this all right? Look at this here. <coughs> you folks, we need to write this down because I'm telling you. The Lord does care about your prosperity of mind. <coughs> God will not let Israel <coughs> overthrow Edom or the nation that went and fought the giants and got the land. Israel, God said, don't touch them. They went and fought what you refused to fight. And they went and claimed what you refused to fight. Hello. Nothing wrong with a blue collar or a. No, my father was a good man, good man, and I, and I learned from him. So I can't help but follow what I've seen. My dad has never 
drawn UIC once in his life. Never. I've seen him as a carpenter working his fingers, blistered, busted, and went to work. Always went to work. I mean, how cold? 40. Even I was 15, I was still home. I'm at home still 15, I stand. 18, I'm still at home. And he used to take care of us. He really was. Obviously, after Bayes Rule, are out. <laughs> but he's, he's working, right? And it works all the time. Now, I didn't know this. My dad, when he left England and came to Toronto, because he always go before us, right? And he'll do anything for his family. And my dad, I was told, when, when work was so hard to get in his field, he went to the city and took on a corporate job of sweeping the street. And we didn't know that. It was not below his dignity to do that. I mean, that always owned his home and he always worked hard for us. And I learned from my dad. That's kind of man I call a man. A man now, my mom, when I was in England, she chose to go to hospital and work. He didn't want her to do it, but she does it for a while. Some people get tired of staying in the house. They went for a short while, but never had to. Never never have to. He just does work. He comes home and does a work at all. keep on working all the time. That's amazing. That's, that's, we didn't teach our boys that. We teach our boys no job. Everybody can't wear a white collar to go to work. Everybody can't have a suit on. In New York, they prove that the boss is not the doctor and lawyers. The garbage collector said, I'm not sure who the boss is. And he quit picking up the garbage. And the city was on their knees begging them to pick up, to pick up the garbage. You know, what, you know why, folks? Huh? They're going to die from disease and germs. And they realized these are essential workers. Hello. Now, debt, Proverbs 22, state of it. Doubt, Romans 4.23, act by faith. Avoid waste, Luke 15.13. Count the cost, Luke 14.28. Spend it all, you're foolish if you do that, Luke 15.14. Don't be unfaithful, Stuart, with money, uh, Matthew 25.21. And a poor Stuart, Luke 14, I mean 16.11. Don't be a splurge. Proverbs 21, 20. Don't go there. What you do? Otherwise, you're building a, a sand-like foundation. You want God to bless what you're doing. You can't curse what God bless. And anybody who follows God's teaching are going to be free. It's nice to walk out of a house of death. Hello. I learned from my dad take any job as long as it's legitimate until you get what you want. Back in the Mount Mary, my first time here, I took what I could. It was legit. When I was in Edmonton, young person, I took what I could. I used to call it my car park. <laughs> that means that's not my future. That's where I'm going to stay and build my future with a long-term goal in mind. Hello. And it seems like God, we don't despise the day of small things. God worked with it. 
Hello? And you don't envy anybody, but you learn from other people. Look at this now, folks. Proverbs 30, 18, Psalms 23, 1, Luke 13, 14, Philip 4, 11 says, I've learned, possibly I've learned, be content. Now, if you have friends, she's a girl, ladies, don't show her your wall robe. Don't show her your shoes where you pack your shoes. Don't show her where you put your hats. When she visits your house, keep her in the front room. <laughs> keep her out of your bedroom. Keep her out of your closet. Don't take her. We're going to cause her a problem. Don't take him and show him all your toys, gentlemen, because you're going to unsettle him. Now, some folks, it doesn't matter. But my pastor always says, they envy your results, but despise your method. The guy who's studying late at night to be a doctor deserves the pay he gets. You can't envy him. You can't curse him for what he's charging. You can't curse the mechanic. He's trying to make his money back for what he spent. Right? Look at this, folks. The octopus of overextension. This destroy budgeting. Kill the octopus. How about jailbreak? Break out of jail. <laughs> Hello? Bring this mountain down. That's so insurmountable. Get out from behind these bars of bills and worry and greed and waste and credit. And I'm not saying you're there, church. I'm just trying to tell you, get out of there. You know, a beautiful guy called uh, Gehazi. He's having a beautiful ministry. He's doing a good job. Good, good job. Until he saw what Elisha rejected. Elisha was not in for money. Of what he can get. And Elisha demonstrate to him, I'm not in this for money. I'm not in this for my own personal need. Because God doesn't give us our gift to, to work on ourselves. I tell my fellow pastor, I learned a long time, I can't say to myself, well, i got a gift to healing, be thou healed, brother, healed. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Tomorrow to pray for me, I'll be healed. But I can't take my own gift to heal myself. It don't work that way. I understand that. God give to us to give away. And Gehazi saw that Babylonian stuff, and he, he, he messed up and ended up with a plague, the garments of gold and silver. So was Achan, out of promised land. So you see, church, I'm trying to tell you here, if you read the other verses, where Achan died, the next trip over, God gave him everything there was besides Jericho. If God don't give it to you, you don't want to own it. There's some laws in life. All right? I got friends that I, I go preach for. They got bigger church than this. I mean, mega church. That's all the truth. That people with cars, fancy cars, BMW. You think I said, whoa, why can't I have this? They got perfect weather. Huh? I'm telling you the truth. I don't want what they have. I don't know what goes on in the kitchen. 
Hello? I say, you don't know what goes on in the what? Kitchen. And you can't stand the heat. Get out of the kitchen. <laughs> and I don't want the heat. So, church, I'm going to talk to you about this now. Budget, steps to financial freedom. Can you shout this to me? What's this says here? Come on, folks, what it says? Boy, you lost your voice over what I taught you already? Shout at me, folks. God's way. Here's what God says. Control your spending. Start budgeting. Gain what? And stay fully employed. And transfer ownership to God. Proverbs 24, 1 and 7. What does that mean here? Thank God for where you are. Thank God for what He gave you. He didn't abandon you. He met your need. He's given you what? He knows is rest right for you. Paul said, I've learned to be content. Alright? How much is enough? What breakup marriage is? Credit and money. Money, the love of money breaks up what? And split families. Hello? What's the first thing people do when they get married? Quality of money. Money can't buy love. May buy a house, but it can't buy a home. May buy the sex tree, but it can't buy love. Hello? Look at this folks right here. Your credit is not a score, it's a dead sentence. <laughs> He said, what's your credit score? You mean what, my death sentence? Wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in this situation. Look at this, man. Fred, credit card, co-signing. Oh, co-signing. I'm going to tell you right now, never. This is me talking. You have to do it. Never co-sign for a relative. If you want to love them or save your life, because they're not going to pay you back. If you want to hear a lie, lend me this, sister. Lend me this, brother. They're not going to pay you back. I'd rather go into business with Al Capone than go into business with a brother or sister of my own. At least I can shoot Al Capone. I can sue him. But I can't shoot my brother. I can't shoot my sister. And that's the problem. <laughs> Hello? For your speech. Okay, now credit. Oh, that thing. That's a wicked thing. Now for me one. Do you want that credit? No, I want a way to run away from you in your line. I want the finishing line, not the credit line. You know what they me to do? Oh, you can borrow 20. As if they give me money. They're not giving me money. They're setting me up for problems. Sometimes we fall for it. Is that right? That's what, look at this. I wish you guys would draw all this and keep taking it home because you never see it again. Get your camera and capture this, folks, and pin it on your front door. Say, now don't forget, untangle yourself. What's up? Good name, MasterCard. 
That means I'm over you. I control you. All right, for closing here now, plan your what? Days are fast approaching. I don't know why people, when they reach 35, they don't realize they're dying. You're dying at 35. At 35, you're dying. Bring them in. Let them in. At 35, you're dying. How many know that? You know why you're dying? You're not getting younger. You are getting older. The older you get, the closer you are to retirement. And if you're not saving for retirement, if you're not saving for your retirement, then you're saving for what? Experiment? To experiment to die. Hello? See, my point is, it would be nice if you and your wife or how your kids can sit around here and say, Honey, well, we got some money here. This for the this for utilities, this for food, this for retirement, this for vacation, this for so and so. Hello? Nothing for the brick. <laughs> Hello? Nothing for A and P. Hello? AMP don't mean amperages me either. <laughs> Hello? You see, you want to end this thing well. You can't keep blaming God for not having money. You can't keep blaming God for you not living on top of the cloud. If you want to get in that parachute, honey, you plan that. Hello? I say end it well. I think tonight is the will of God that you that are 35 years and up should friend tonight start planning for your retirement. And if you've got kids, start planning for their education. And if you're older, bet you're about to kick the bucket. <laughs> Plan for going down. Make sure those worms will be well fed. But there's one those worms don't like are you stingy people up here who go down there full of diet. Hello? Hello? If you're working right now, start planning three months wait against suddenly McMurray went belly up for mismanagement of spending. It can happen. Chicago went broke. Homes are repossessed. Huh? And people are walking the streets, living on their places. One time were secure, and now they're insecure. Did you anything else, Pastor? Oh, Lord, I'm done. How much is enough? Let's stand. I'm going to tell you a little trick here. Never depend on the plastic card. 
I'm going to tell the thing about it. Can you imagine you went from here to Timbuktu? Some guy do it. They got so much faith and, com and confidence in plastic carbon having God. They have no cash in their pocket. My dear friend, cash in this life is king. Not even gold. Cash is. Because gold can be cankered. Silver can be cankered. The Bible says that. Hello? Hello? But can you imagine, folks, you go somewhere and then all of a sudden you're depending on this MasterCard or whatever car we use and you go there and the computer glitch on you and says you are not valid. You're stuck. You're what? I've lost you now. i lost you now. Let me tell you, it goes tragic, folks. Care enough cast as a backup system. You can get home. Because if the car don't work, you're not left high and dry. I don't trust anything that's electronic. Power goes out. Hello? Hello? You know how many people get caught that way, folks? A lot of people get caught that way. Hello? It's the truth. And also, if you're budgeting, and if you don't, if you don't control your spending, I said your own limit, you are going to find that one day you've exceeded your ability to repay. And you are in bondage. And friend, Financial bondage leads to emotional bondage. Emotional bondage leads to racial bondage. Racial bondage deals to other bondages. And friend, it just goes on, goes on. And that, when I was in Edmonton, I used to go in outdoors. There's a special place where people there who drop out of life. And I was a young person in my 20s. I remember them telling me how they go there. I meant managers. Supervisors went bankrupt and took up the bottle. Make some tactical errors. One thing failed them, church. Money. Money in our world is king. You don't have it, you got no friends. You don't have a house, a job. You don't have a car. You can't get elected either. <laughs> In the States, hospital will see you. He said, Pastor, that's blasphemous. No, I'm not being blaspheming. I'm telling you the truth. I says, money answered all things. And Jesus says, make friends with it. That when you are rejected from your job, it will take care of you. And he's speaking from wisdom. Any question? I know you're saying, Pastor, don't repeat this for the next five years. I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> That's enough. Is that true? Any, any more question? Any question on this side? Honesty, any question? You got a piggy bank? Don't break it. A question, sister? 
Yes. Who wants to ask that question? One, I see a bar in your hand. What does it mean, Mr. Eileen? Fun. One of the greatest stories written in the Bible, it says, and Isaac was sporting with his wife. One time, Isaac is digging well. But this time, Isaac is sporting with his wife. Which of those is recreation? Right? And other times, it says, Isaac was in procreation with his wife. All three areas are important. Procreation, recreation, hello, and vacation. So, what do we do for vacation? Nothing wrong with anything. If you enjoy it, while you're not sinning, it's fine. Some folks never take vacation. I say, you know what? That person gonna die unhappy. From work to the grave. What a shame. If you don't enjoy the sweat equity, then who are you working for? Who wants to answer that? Okay, what is it? Is it Okay, what do you say? It's gambling. That's unjust gain. God said, by your sweat to eat brow, or gain interest on my money. Usury, right? Not gambling. That's called usury. That's not gambling. That's usury. What you're doing is, I'm lending you my, you my money to buy whatever you want to do, and you're going to pay me back for waiting on you. Right? It's a return on my investment. Who can buy, anybody can buy a home cash? Very few could. Otherwise, nobody could own a home. Right? And so they charge you interest for waiting on you. But if you can wait till you're five, nine to five to get your home, that's fine. You know, amortization, I like this amortization for 35 years. You know, here I am. I am 40 years old. I'm going to amortize for 35 years. I don't plan to be around about that time. I'm going to be gone. But I'll still buy it. Now, that's not the problem. The problem is the month of payment. Yes, my friend. Yes. Yes. right. That's right. That's just gain. It's not unjust. Because it is a negotiation. When I gamble, I'm not negotiating. I'm going by chance. Right? Now, I know some folks say the stock market is a chance. And everything in life is a chance. Life is a chance. What can I tell you? You'd be hit with a car. <laughs> I don't know. I don't trust you, right? But there's a difference, right? There's a difference. Jesus endorsed usury. He just said it right here. The first script I read to you. On this side, 
once you reach 21, you know, there, there, there are certain things in life you should be looking at from 20 to 35. There are certain things in life you should be looking at. After you've gone 35, friend, you, you know, you, you're, you're moving up in time now. You're getting towards a place called retire. Man, you're going up there pretty bad. I don't care what you think. You're going up there. And they just start planning for it. If you, if you start being late, then it costs you more. And then nobody wants to give you a, a premium at a high cost. And you, you won't pay it. Hello? Insurance? Same thing. Anybody else over here? It can't be that good. Anybody come see me after this service? I'm going to charge you $1,000 per minute. Cash or carry. Lord, we thank you tonight for your wonderful people.